progress. <clears throat> Hello there, I am Kid Champagne Matthew Haberman, and I am back, and we are here to kick off Horror Month 2021 here on Nostalgia Time with Kid Champagne, and we have a great topic tonight. Now I'm talking about ones of those nice little furry little mogwais. <laughs> We're going to praise Gizmo and Stripe and Mohawk and Billy, of course. And we're going to be popping the champagne for Gren- for the Gremlins franchise to kick off Horror Month. And we have some great Gremlins fans and horror fans here for us. First off, I would like to give... I'm here in the headquarters of Unger the Radar, my good friend Randy Unger. Randy, I'm glad to be back here, and I love the changes in the headquarters. Oh, thank you, Mr. Champagne. So happy to have you. So, so happy to be back on your show. Thank you very much, and just want to let you know, I was, ju- I was a guest on um, Randy's show on Unger the Radar, which will be airing on Monday at 11 a.m., Unger the Radar, and we've been talking about all things James Bond. Yeah. All things James Bond, including mm-hmm. the new film, No Time to Die. Yeah. And you're going to love it. Yeah. I, I, I had a great time on your show. And um, I know there's some upcoming films that you've been reviewing. The movies are back and they're better than ever. Yeah. And I was so happy to have you on the other night. And we had a great time talking about all things James Bond. Um, Very rich history of the character, our favorite movie spy. And it was just a wonderful conversation. We could literally fill up hours talking about James Bond. There's so much material, but we only had one hour to do it, and I'm glad, I think we made the most of that hour, so thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. And also with me, I have a great big horror fan coming to you from Texas, our good friend Thomas Puglisi. Thomas, how are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to be back on. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And um, you have been up to, you've been... Uh, certainly October is one of your favorite months and especially for Horror Month. Um, we know um, we are not going to put any spoilers to it, but I know that there's been a big uh, weekend of the premiere of Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have um, had a good time seeing it. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, like, um, it was such a fun movie. It's... Um it's one for the fans. It's um, hmm. it's great to see it. I mean, and I would, would recommend seeing it in the movie theater because we really do need to support these theaters again. Make make sure they get back in business. Yep, definitely. We need we need that that smell of popcorn. We need the the people around us. Not too many people, just enough to have like a great group reaction to the cinema. We we need that back in our lives. I do, I do definitely feel that we need that back in, in our lives and hopefully soon. And I will be comfortable going into the theaters very soon for one great movie. Randy and you and I are going to... <laughs> it's going to be fun. I can't wait. And um, you will know next month what movie we're talking about. Well, should we give them a little taste, a little teaser? Sure, let's give them a little so, teaser. So uh, basically, who are you going to call, right? <laughs> so, yeah. It, we're gonna yep. we're gonna have a great time seeing Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, uh, it's been half a decade since the last movie, and that movie was not great. So I'm a little excited about this one. Uh, it's gonna reunite the original cast. Uh, from what I've heard at New York Comic Con, the rea- reactions are almost entirely positive. 
and that it, it feels like the original film. So I think we're going to be in for a treat uh, next month. Yes, and that is also something too. Also, um, for a little bit of coverage that's just been on Nostalgia Time, if you went on to the group page, Nostalgia Time, Kid Champagne was at Comic-Con, and this was his first time at the Comic-Con yes. of, in New York City. Mm-hmm. I know that things have been different and scaled back. However, I didn't really... <coughs> I've seen stuff of Comic Con in years and years ago, mm. and to me, it was just no different. It was just an awe being on that floor and just—I've been going everything, the boots and everything. I know that yeah. some of the things Funko Entertainment Earth, but weren't there, and but it still felt. Well, I'll tell you, I, I've been going to Comic Con, New York Comic Con, anyway, uh, for the past decade, and. It feels like just any other year. Like it, there, it, there, it has not been paused. It just feels like just another great year. If not my favorite New York Comic Con, twenty twenty one. This was an amazing time. It was really good. From even for that, I went to join the New York City Ghostbusters and a New York Comic Con. To have them there is a staple, and they should be there every year. The New York City Ghostbusters. Yeah. Because they represent New York. They are the franchise. Ghostbusters is New York. You're right. And we're very lucky and I'm very proud to be part of this group. Uh, the New York City Ghostbusters. We're a wonderful team of funny, smart individuals. And it's just a, a blast to just do stuff. To just to be out and, and to greet the fans. To take pictures. To make slime for the kids. You know, this is what we live for. and We're Ghostbusters, and it, it's in our DNA. So I, I love it. Whether you go for the whole four days or even just one day, it's mm-hmm. just worth it. Uh, Thomas, have you been to New York Comic Con? Or have you have you been to... I'm, I'm sure you've been to other, all the other Comic Cons that New York has to offer. Mm-hmm. It's not just New York Comic Con. There's also Big Apple Con. There's also... Um, Winter Con in Queens, Eternal Con in Long Island. Um, also out in Jersey, we know that they've done this every, they do this every couple of months, New Jersey Horror Con. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been to New York's Comic Con, like, um, I think I pretty much went to the very first one that they did. And like, the ones that you've also mentioned, Big Apple Con, I've been to that one as well. I've actually been to a few of them, actually. Big Apple Con was actually my very first convention. Hmm. I've got a lot of, um, Really great memories at um, Big Apple Con. I mean, I've met Val Kilmer at mm. one of them. I've met um, Adam West at that same one. So, I mean, so it's, it was always a, a fun time. And New York's Comic Con has always been um, a, a really fun time as well. I mean, take it, I've been to every single one of them. But um, but I've always enjoyed myself at, at um, all of them. I've even, like, ran into friends that I've only known online at um, New York's Comic-Con and always had like, you know, a great meetup with, with those friends. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just great. It's like, it's, it's a great community of people, fans who have this mutual love for all these franchises, all these properties. And there's really, there's nowhere else. I don't think aside from the internet where you can actually meet up and, uh, and share that experience. So it's a really special thing. And there's some things about, like, you know, going to the smaller cons, you, you do get that more personal experience. But it's also fun to go to one of the big ones. And New York Comic Con is considered one of the big five Comic Cons in the United States. We know number one is um, San Diego Comic Con International. Number two is New York Comic Con. 
Number three is C2E2 in Chicago. Mm. Number four is Emerald City Comic Con in in Seattle, Washington. Mm. And number five, I think, is Fan Expo and is tied between Fan Expo in Boston and and um, Anaheim WonderCon. Oh man, that's but, quite a list. It <laughs> is quite a list. I mean, and you can't also say, I mean. Could it be in one of those categories of the big five? I don't, Star Wars Celebration, yes, it is one of the huge. It does bring in one of them, but that's not done annually every year. Right. I think it's done like once every two and years. you know what? I wanted to mention, I just remembered uh, RetroCon, which I forget where. I think it was in, in Pennsylvania. I'm not, not sure exactly. If, it's been a while, but it's one of the smaller cons, and the, the, the stars are not as big. But you can actually go up to them and chat with them like, you know, like they're on your level, like they're like fans themselves. So that's RetroCon. And I was there a number of years ago, around the time I I became a Ghostbuster, if not before then. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And for me, I, I love, you know, movie memorabilia and action figures. So for me, the best part... Thank you, Thomas. <laughs> Best part of New York Comic Con is just walking up and down the aisles and, and seeing all the vendors and all these comic book stores, you know, selling these toys from my childhood. It's like, that doesn't get any better than that. Also nice to see, like, all those artists there <laughs> as well. And before we go, we're def- before we go into our topic, and we're going to be definitely talking about a little bit of our Halloween plans in a moment. But, Thomas, I do have this question for you. Um, do you like going into the cons and seeing like your favorite artists that that are coming, or like important guests mm-hmm. when you go to a con? What is the what is the one thing that would draw you to attend a con? I would probably say like just meeting like actors or actresses or even filmmakers that are involved in some of my favorite productions. <laughs> I mean, like I've actually met um, some of my um, all time favorite directors at these conventions, like. One of them, of course, is John Carpenter. So, like, um, so it's always, like, you know, great to actually meet these people, like, get a chance to talk to them, get their autograph, and even get a picture with them. I know sometimes it can be very expensive, but it's 100% worth it. Yeah. And I'll say about a month or so ago, I went to a convention in Atlantic City, uh, New Jersey Horicon. And I, I, I met Billy Zane, awesome. Uh, John O'Hurley from Seinfeld, and he, he played Mr. Peterman. And also, uh, I always butcher his name, but he was short round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And um, Kihan, yeah, he, he's a very, very nice guy. And I got a picture and an autograph with all three of those celebrities, and it was really, it was really a blast. So no matter what, you know, it's a good thing now that the cons are coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I also suggest go back, go to those Comic-Con, support the, the, the vendors that are going to the con because, you know, everything hit hard during the pandemic. Yeah. And also I will say this, and I, whoever's out there, get vaccinated. It's mm-hmm. important to get vaccinated. Sure. Take the shot. Do it. Protect your life and others. <laughs> nice. 
So, uh, should we start our Gremlins talk? Yes, we <laughs> should start. Okay. Well, we're going to um, go into this. It's first, um, what we're going to be talking about is the 1984 classic. The Grem- We're going to be talking about the Gremlins franchise. Yes. Now, Gremlins. <clears throat> um, one thing about it is I, I love these films, uh, Gremlins. Um, and I'll go into it. We'll go into how what was our first experience um, of Gremlins. Uh, but let's take it from here. Um, just going right here. Uh, well, I'll tell you, Gremlins is um, it's a great. It's like one of the first like real like kid friendly horror movies. I want to say <laughs> um, it has that. Um, it has that comic. Um, and scary all in one. And yeah. not only that. So here we go. Gremlins, <clears throat> released released in 1984, was an American comedy horror film directed by Joe Dante and written by Chris Columbus. <laughs> it draws on legends of folkloric mischievous creatures that cause malfunctions, when, which we call gremlins. <laughs> um... And it dates back to how it is, like, from how British Royal, when they have malfunctions in World War II, they call them Gremlins. Right. It stars Zach Galligan and Phoebe Cates and Howie Mandel as the voice of Gizmo, the main, um, the little mogwai. Yes. <laughs> so, it appears, so how the film starts, um, starts in, the, in a nice little town called Hudson Falls. And, Hmm. We don't know what the state, but I'm going to say for the state would be, I would say New York. I upstate up, New York. Yeah, yeah, I upstate New York. Yeah, cut the countryside. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely upstate. Or Connecticut? Uh, it's not, uh, not Hudson Falls. I'm sorry. Kingston Falls. Right outside of Kingston. So, yeah, upstate New York. Let's, yeah. We're going to put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, uh, how it starts is in New York City where a struggling inventor, Randall Peltzer, visits a Chinatown antique store, mm-hmm. hoping to find a Christmas present for his son, Billy. And inside, Randall encounters a small furry creature, the Mogwai, who, he na- who at first tries to bargain with the guy to pr- make him sell him. But of course, Mogwai, not for sale. <laughs> Yes. Well, what's the um, what was the, the old man's name? Um, the old Mister Wing. Ah, uh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> and but what happened was his grandson try, convinces Mister Wing to sell the Mogwai hmm. to Randall Peltzer, and but he had three important rules that must be followed. <laughs> Thomas, you know the rules. Why don't you say the rules? <laughs> oh. The rules are keep them away from any kind of bright light because that could kill them. Mm. Two is keep them away from water. And three, the most important one, never feed them after midnight. No matter how much he begs, no matter how much he cries, don't ever feed them after midnight. Wait, so let me, I'm just a little fuzzy on one thing. So getting them wet and feeding them after midnight, does that have the same effect as the multiplication of these creatures, both both of those rules. Uh, the well, the um, <laughs> well, the water is the one for the multiple, <clears throat> the a multi one like they um reproduce, like you know, shoot right, all over the place, right. and like you know, the um, feeding them after midnight. Well, that's the big surprise, of course, which I'll let you, Matt, say. <laughs> 
So in that is as well as um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Peltzer comes back home and presents the gift to Billy, presents him with the Mogwai, and he names him Gizmo. <laughs> and uh, you know, as as a pet to Billy. Now Billy works at a local bank, but fears that his dog and brings his dog Barney. And fear, and one day fears that his dog will be taken by the elderly um, Mrs. Deagle, who is one of the biggest, um, the, I would say the richest person in Kingston Falls. And what a total bee, I must say. <laughs> but after, you know, a day of work, you know, they come back and, you know, who, you know who was also in that movie, too? Um... A young, what's his name? Let's see. Also, I must say that there's a a lot of cool cameos in the film. Um, I believe Steven Spielberg, who executive produced the film, has a small part. You could see him in this scene where uh, Mr. Peltzer, Randall Peltzer, is at uh, like an uh, invention expo, and you can see. Steven Spielberg riding like a bike or some kind of weird vehicle in circles. And I think also the composer of the score, Jerry Goldsmith, has a scene where he's in like a phone booth. So, yeah, those are two of my favorite artists ever, Spielberg and Goldsmith. And they've worked together a few times uh, on this and other uh, Joe Dante films. But uh, we'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) So as I'm going back, um, one night um, his... Billy's friend, um, Pete, played by Corey Feldman. Yes, Corey Feldman was in this movie as well. <laughs> right, right. 1984 was a good year. He also did uh, one of the Friday 13th films that year, I believe. Uh, Th- Thomas, was that the same year? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so in this, um, he introduces him to Gizmo, and he accidentally... <laughs> Gets Gizmo wet. And there we go and see <laughs> the ripple effect of one of the rules. He got wet, right. and they multiply into these mischievous mogwais. Right. And these mogwais were different than how be, how Gizmo is, because we know that Gizmo it behaves really well. Mm-hmm. But these ones were not so yeah. innocent. Yeah, they're kind, of, they're kind of evil, kind of uh, psychotic. And it's, yeah. Especially one with Stripe, who is the leader. Right. He's got like a, like a, stri- like a spiky mohawk or something. Or yeah, right on top of his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we see some things that comes first that the gremlins do. They see they tie up. Bar- Barney gets tied up outside. But, you know, Billy doesn't know who did it. But we can tell who really done it was those little mogwais. Yeah. They don't really like Gizmo that much. We see that in the beginning. Barney and Gizmo, they come and ta- they hang together. Like uh, Gizmo calls them, woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. <laughs> um, but then we start to see some things. And then like one night, um, the Mogwais were, I guess, hungry. And mm-hmm. although to Billy, it was not midnight yet. So he decided to feed them some, well, food. Mm-hmm. Little did like they know. Chi- chi- was it chicken, yeah, it was chicken, chicken wings? Or... Yeah. Chicken wings. <laughs> and later that morning, when they wake up, he's in the pupils there in their cocoons. Mm. Not little to, to Billy's like, 
but Billy was thought he was sure that he didn't, and then the alarm clock was cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he all, what also what did is that Billy took him over to his science, one mogwai to the science teacher. That one also ate some lunch after midnight and also in the pupil <laughs> stage. Yeah. <laughs> and then we come and we see the big surprise once they hatch. Mm-hmm. And they all become these little gremlins. And they start making... Ha- they do make havoc all around Billy's house. Yeah. and There's a scene in the, in the kitchen with the mom, right? There was a scene yeah. in the kitchen with the mom. And also... But they got everyone except one gremlin named Stripe, who was the leader of the pack. Mm-hmm. And however, Stripe makes his way all the way into the town and makes his way into the local YMCA. And Billy tries to stop him, but was too late as Stripe jumps into the pool. And we know what happens (laughs) after that. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I must say that the uh, practical creature effects back then were really good. Uh, There was no... Yeah, I don't think there was any computer-generated imagery in the film. Um, but there wasn't a sequel, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but yeah, the, the creatures looked fantastic. They looked real. And uh, yeah, it, it was very, very cool to see that first time. We also seen that even though there were so mischievous, another good scene was it in the bar scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with, with Phoebe Cates. <laughs> she's the bartender. Like she's just serving them drinks. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that was funny. And we see more like this. There was the Flash Dancer. <laughs> of the Flasher Gremlin, which is just so bad. Yeah, so silly. Didn't he have a cigarette, too? <laughs> yeah, a pair of sunglasses. Right, right. So good. Billy comes to a rescue, and then all of them leave the bar, and they go into the movie, and they watch one kind of movie. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's funny, <laughs> and they and they found up a plan to blow up the theater with all of the gremlins except for one. Yeah. Stripe That's right. gets away again, mm-hmm. and they knew like Billy and the Phoebe and Gizmo. They all knew that they had to get rid of Stripe because if he gets to water again, it will start all over. Yep. So they it comes right into the department store where. It almost got until Gizmo decides to open the blinds and sunlight. And we know that it pretty much killed, killed him. him right after that. Yeah. Hence why all the rules are then. Now with Gremlins, it was a great... It was, it was also... It's a Christmas movie too. It is. A Christmas... It would start... I feel it's one of them... It, it reminds me a little bit of how that Nightmare Before Christmas start, started thing. Yeah. You know? You can watch it on Halloween. You can watch it on Christmas too. That's true. That's yeah. It's it's a weird like macabre and fun, uh, lighthearted family adventure that can be watched pretty much any season. So yeah, and also I wanted to mention something about the rating. So uh, because of the Grem- uh, the first Gremlins and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, they instituted uh, the PG thirteen rating. Um, because Spielberg was involved with both films. Both films are very violent, but also at the same time kind of kid-friendly. So they decided, okay, we need something between PG and R ratings, so let's do PG-13. And Gremlins falls right in, the, in that uh, category. So 
So I, I always thought that was pretty interesting for Gremlins to do that. And Thomas, what did you think? You, uh, you've seen Gremlins so many times, right? What do you think of Gremlins? I've always loved Gremlins. I mean, I've watched them ever since I was a little kid. I mean, <clears throat> and it's one of those um, horror movies that didn't really, like, scare me per se. I mean, well, some of the stuff kind of was a little creepy, I thought, as a kid. But um, but I've always had a fun time watching it. I've, mm. I've watched it many times through, throughout the years. Um, and I always... <clears throat> Thought it was actually pretty cool to like, you know, mix like, you know, family, horror, and also Christmas, like you guys said, all into one movie. And the practical effects hold up very well, all done with like, you know, puppetry. And there's been also many movies I've tried to like cash in on the success of Gremlins, like other kind of like little monster movies out there here and there. But they've never came close to Gremlins. Yeah. Gremlins is kind of like a trailblazer for like, what was it, Critters? And, um, yeah, Critters, Ghoulies, right. Hobgoblins. Even uh, even Tremors to some extent, but that's more um, sandworms. <laughs> I also know, I, or maybe it was more towards the second film, but mm. I do believe that the Gremlins work were done from the Jim Henson Muppet Workshop. Ah, oh, I'm not sure that they were. I don't think they were, I want to say. For, for the first film? yeah. Let me see. For the first film, we're going to do a little fact check right (laughs) here. But I do do believe that Gremlins 2 was part of the Jim Henson workshop. uh, Rick Baker. He is a makeup artist who is brilliant. Um, He has done pretty much everything from, I believe he did Jurassic Park, Aliens... One second. But yeah, Rick Baker, Thomas, I'm sure, have you even met him? I have a feeling you might have met him. I've never met Rick Baker, no, but I know of his work. I know he's won Oscars for his special effects. Like he won an Oscar for um, An American Werewolf in London. Yeah, and also um, the Thriller music video, which was done, both that and Werewolf were done by, um, they were directed by John Landis. And so they, they use the same team for both films. And uh, yeah, An American World from London is fantastic uh, makeup effects. Um, he worked on The Exorcist. I think that was one of his first things. And let's see here. Okay, we've got the filmography. Oh yeah, Rick Baker also did the makeup in uh, Miss Doubtfire. Oh really? Oh cool, cool. Yep, I think he won an Oscar for. Yeah, he's done yeah, Coming to America. Okay, so... Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> my bad. I thought they were done at the Jim Henson workshop, but they're not. No. Okay. But going... Let's go back to it. Since um, it was, Gremlins had uh, meant a huge success, mm-hmm. which pre- developed the sequel, yep. Gremlins to the New Batch. Now, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. When I was a kid... Gremlins was not the the movie I first remember watching from from the franchise. It was actually Gremlins 2. Hmm. I remember watching it at a drive-in theater <laughs> in Westbury. Actually, I'll tell you where it is. Where the United Artists Theater in Westbury was, that's where the old Westbury drive-in used to be. And that's where I saw Gremlins 2. You saw 2. when it first came out? I saw when it first <laughs> wow. came out. you were like four or five years old. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Um, yes, I was. And you know what? I think I prefer Gremlins to the new batch to the first. Oh, movie. oh yes, I have to agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can say Gremlins is great. Yeah. But I do enjoy Gremlins too a lot better. It's just I, more interesting, more fun, in my opinion. A lot of more stuff happens. Great, great action. Great, you know, practical and CGI effects. I must say. Um, and it was, it was also a year after uh, Tim Burton's Batman came out, and there's a, there's a scene. Oh yes, <laughs> you know the scene. Oh, I know the scene. I know the scene very well. Oh, behind me, yeah, there he is. <laughs> so with that, in 1990 comes Gremlins to the New Batch, which is another American comedy horror film, the sequel to Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante, mm. written by Charles S. Haas. Um, Creature Designs by Rick Baker, Zach Galligan, um, even Phoebe Cates. She re- yeah, most of them returned. Yep, and Dick Miller as well. Dick Miller returned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jackie Joseph and Kylie Luke. Um, they all came back for it, which which was great. So at this time, and also which included it, um, John Glover, Robert Prosky, <laughs> Haviland Morris, Robert Picardo, and Christopher Lee. That's a great cast. <laughs> and Joe Dante is, has been known to bring on uh, veteran horror actors. Uh, so like Christopher Lee, um, I forget his name, but the, 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 Thomas, the, uh, the actor who played Gomez Adams in the um, Adams Family 60s show. Yes, he was one of the janitors. Sorry? Yeah, yeah. He was the, the janitor who uh, gets the gremlins wet. <laughs> gets Mugway wet. <laughs> and once again, Gizmo was also voiced by Howie Mandel. And this time, like, this is, um, before we get into it, um, I just want to say, um, Gremlins 2 I do prefer because, and I do see, we're going to definitely see, if you have watched it before, if you paid attention to how it is like Gizmo has a completely different look than how it was in Gremlins. Like I can see it, like you know, it was much better. They gave uh, Gizmo a much updated look. Yeah, and well, the seed, the the, the computer generated imagery, uh, the special effects. They they were this is six years after the first film, so they've had some time to you know Im- improve their techniques. So you actually see. Uh, a, f- a full length uh, gizmo. There's also scenes where he's walking, which are very CGI heavy, but we didn't really see that in the first movie. So it's pretty cool to see it now. So, with the plot of Gremlins 2, it takes pretty much based in our home city, New York City. Yes. Um, it's based on, in the beginning, um, we show back into Chinatown and Mr. Wing's. Um, it goes right into Mr. Wing's um, dilapidated shop right now. Yeah. Chinatown, right? Chi- in Chinatown, where real estate mogul and cable <laughs> um, company o- owner Daniel Clamp. I consider him more like uh, Dolan, the cable vision and owner of the Rangers. And New York Knicks, but okay. let's—he's a little bit of that, yeah. Of of all the those billionaire eccentric billionaires, yeah, so. pretty much. So he wants to. Mister Wing's shop is what's holding back on Mister Clamp's 
most dreamful design of the clamp um, Chinatown Center to be built by him. And and even for what it is, Mr. Wing refuses to sell. However, come about, I say a week later, Mr. Wing died, uh, leaving Gizmo without his owner. And Mr. Clamp decides to start chomping away at it. And he Gizmo is caught by um, the scientist. Well, the, it's what you had to say. If you want to find something weird, you got to go downtown. <laughs> also, side note, those two twins were in um, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. The scene where, the, remember the security guard in the hospital? He, he encounters himself which is played by the T-1000, T-1000, and he stabs him in the eye. Those are the two twins, and they've been in a few movies in that early 90s period. So, trivia. Oh, yeah, that's... You know, you are absolutely right on that, yeah. Randy. <laughs> Thank you. But after, you know, we know Billy and now girl... Um, now girlfriend, fiance Kate, they both work at the Clamp Cable Building, Clamp Cable Tower. Mm-hmm. And Billy is more of an architect, while Phoebe She's is a tour guide. Is a tour guide of the Clamp Table Cable Tower. <laughs> and once they get in at work, Billy decides hears um, a familiar tune, mm-hmm. which comes out to be with Gizmo. <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith It's great And in there finding out that Gizmo is in the building Now in the building as well Gizmo is taken into like this sort of laboratory Where we have like one of the doctors Who is acted by the main leader Christopher The late Christopher Lee Yes <laughs> And just trying to you know for experiments um, trying to find out diseases and gain a function research <laughs> as well, um, and finds Gizmo, which Gizmo's plan, which the um, doctor's plan was to um, cut him up to find out more research of this kind of species, because mm-hmm. Gizmo is, and the Mogwai species, is a very rare species, don't <laughs> we think? <laughs> So in this alone, but Billy finds Gizmo, and after that, plans to take him home, but can't because of some um, duties at work. Hmm. Uh, somehow Gizmo gets out of his hiding place, and for a janitor uh, played by the actor John Amos, Amos, <laughs> Thomas was it John Amos, right? Yeah, John Amos. Which was John Amos the. Famous actor who played Gomez Adams from the 1960s Adams Family makes a nice little cameo in it. And he was in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> Classic. And with that, Gizmo accidentally gets wet and a few mogwais appear. Now, this is what, this is why I like Gremlins 2 is that the mogwais. And the foreman, even with the gremlins, they have more personality. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and there's more humor. There's a girl gremlin, which is really funny. She's got high heels and lipstick and, a, and hair and a wig. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, they're, they're more diverse, um, especially when they're in the lab and they basically drink those potions. Like there's a, there's a vegetable medley that one of them drinks. And so he's got like tomatoes and peppers growing out of his face. There's a spider serum that turns him into a giant spider, which is really creepy looking, by the way. And also uh, a bat serum, which is very cool. That's the, the Batman scene, the bat symbol. Um, but yeah, they definitely got more creative with the gremlin designs, which is really cool. Yes. And so, and so with it um, comes um, in that scene where, where Gizmo gets wet, four Mogwais become out. And those Mogwai's names are Lenny, who was more of the dim-witted one. <laughs> yeah. George, which was more like the smart one, which Lenny, which Lenny comes out. Uh, Daffy, who was the most crazy wired one out of all of them. Right, right. And then the leader of that pack, Mohawk, which has been in Gremlins, has been uh, a theory, has been proven. Mohawk is the reincarnation of stripe, mm-hmm. and I like the um, the the brain gremlin, the the highly intelligent leader, voiced by Tony Randall, who was in um, the Odd Couple series from the seventies. Him with his glasses. Yeah, <laughs> very funny. I think they just call him Smart Gremlin. Mm. Could have sworn it was Brain, but maybe it's just Smart. Oh no! Yeah, no, you're right. It is Brain. Brain. Brain Gremlin. That's what they call him. So anyway, for what it is, those are considered the new batch. And then that they start getting up. They actually lock Gizmo up in the air air vent. Mistake. Phoebe takes Daffy home. Mistaken (laughs) like that. She thinks it's... I mean, she hasn't seen Gizmo in like four years. So how would you... Six years. So how how can you think it's... um, that would be Gizmo. Mm-hmm. I guess Daffy and Gizmo look alike, right? <laughs> they do. Daffy's a lot more psychotic, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and after, so after when Billy gets back from his uh, work appointment. <laughs> At a Canadian restaurant. and uh, The famous, uh, the chocolate mousse, the famous dessert. <laughs> would you like more horn? <laughs> <laughs> so, and with that, as they get back... Um, this is not Gizmo, and, and with that, um, but two of their, um, good friends from Kingston Falls come in. <laughs> right, Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Futterman, one of which is played by, uh, Dick Miller, classic, uh, actor. Um, he was in, I think, almost all, or maybe all of Joe Dante's films, including, um, The Burbs and The First Gremlins. Uh, he was also in um, Thomas. You probably know him from uh, Chopping Mall, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I also know him from Terminator as well. Oh yeah! Oh my! He he was the gun salesman who gets killed. Yeah, yeah. He 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 has made a career out of playing these small supporting uh, characters, and um, he's he's just great. I love him. In, he's great in Gremlins. So. So and with that, so they return. Little do they know is that. The Mogwais has decided to 
eat. And then when the time was, was after midnight. So about that time, they were in their cocoons, except for Daffy. So they tried to avoid so that they don't get wet Mm -hmm. by trying to shut off the the building's water source. But they get caught by security. And in it comes... Uh, Daffy attacks him, biting the security <laughs> guard's nose. With that, also means that he ate after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> also, that the actor who played that security guard, um, Rick Document, who was also in the Burbs. So, another side note. <laughs> and with that, we all know what was going to be happening. There were going to be gremlins anyway. So we have new a new batch of gremlins going to invade. Hmm. Uh, new, uh, at least right now, Clamp Cable Tower. Yeah, you know that's one. That's probably my only criticism of the movie is that the whole movie basically takes place in this uh, this building. I wanted to see the Gremlins like out on the streets of Manhattan. Are you sure about that? I think that would have been so much better if they like ran wild and you know went in the subways and just. I had the same criticism for for Jason Takes Manhattan, but um, never mind. This <laughs> side. I'm, always, I'm going off on tangents here, and I apologize. <laughs> but with, with that as well, um, Phoebe is doing a tour right inside Clam Cable. Um, they go into like one cooking show, and little do they know, outcome surprise is the Gremlins, and that's where things really get worse. Uh, was it, I think George was, you know, starting with the microwave, putting the pots in the pan, <laughs> and then starting the fire, which causes the sprinklers to right. come. And more gremlins decides to come. Well, at that time, Mohawk is getting his revenge on Gizmo for killing his reincarnation in the, from the first film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that comes, and then we go into the scene where they're all in the the science lab, the one with the vegetable medley, where it turns into some <laughs> type of vegetable, the brain. <laughs> Um, you know, the brain hormone. Mm-hmm. And yes, that was also when it comes to the bat and we see the Batman symbol. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It was only a year after uh, Tim Burton's Batman came out. So, And it was also Warner Brothers, which gave them the basically pr- permission to use that symbol. So, <laughs> And we also seen later as Mohawk drinks this kind of arachnid, which turns him into... A spider type of thing. Yeah. And also, after with the abuse of Gizmo, it took him so much where he dresses up like Rambo. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's great. And uh, uh, again, with uh, Jerry Goldsmith, who wrote the score to this movie, he also wrote the score to the first three Rambo films. So he basically adapted his, theme, his Rambo theme for Gizmo in that scene. So I thought it was, it has a very cool touch. And it comes to it where you don't mess with Gizmo. And when it came down to the time to light him on fire, Gizmo kills the leader again. He takes a, a paper clip and fashions it into a bow and arrow. And then he takes, a, I think, a pencil with, um, I forget what he puts at the edge of it to light it on fire. But he basically, he shoots this bow and arrow pencil into uh, the arachnid gremlin and I think basically blows it up. And uh, yeah, that's one of the cooler scenes in the movie. <laughs> Little to, after that scene, they know that they still had to get um, all the gremlins destroyed. 
before they wreak havoc on the town. They were trying to get them out so where it was that there would be sunlight. However, a little storm comes into New York City. Mm. So a, plan, a new plan had to become. So Billy had this idea of getting them wet again. But there was one special gremlin that in the lab drank like some sort of electrified oh, yeah. serum. Right. <laughs> and we had one gremlin that's just this bolt of electricity. And Clamp is like, they come in electric too? <laughs> I hope, but you know what, there's one, also another scene that I liked in there is like when they were all in like this nice little all choreography dressed <laughs> and singing the great Frank Sinatra's New York, right. New York. There's a, the, all the references to classic film. It's, it's so good. That's what Joe Dante does. He just references classic stuff and it's really funny in this. <laughs> um, they, they even referenced, they even made fun of the Gremlins film. Like they had like this little cr critic and they were mentioning <laughs> Gremlins and then they like, oh. Leonard Malton. He's like, oh, Gremlins is just about, it's an hour and a half of disgusting creatures wreaking havoc. Nobody wants to see that. And then the Gremlin like shuts him up and like strangles him. It's very weird and funny. <laughs> But yeah, Leonard Malton was the critic. That's great. Over, um, overall, and with that, so, and with it all, after they get wet, hopefully you know what they're doing, but they release the electric gremlin and they all get electrocuted. Mm -hmm. and Kill, killing them all, basically, yeah. All, all except for one. Which right, is, right. Which, is, which <laughs> I'm going to say is a, a big plot hole. Because we all know, like, the one with the woman that had a crush on one of the, uh, the second-in-command of... Yeah, that played by uh, Robert Picardo. Fantastic actor. Like, oh, no. <laughs> da, 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 da. Like, he's like, first he's against it, and then he's like, eh, eh why not? <laughs> he's, like, into it. It's very weird and creepy. But um, that's that's the final scene. That's, yeah. A I, so, it means a plot hole. So she's still alive. That Greta, Greta, I think was the name was, of that okay. of that gremlin, girl gremlin, of the girl gremlin. <laughs> You're right. Um, so I don't know what is going to happen, but that was just a major plot hole because not all the gremlins were just were destroyed. So do you think they're gonna because of that? Because she was the surviving gremlin, that that'll be the basis for. Uh, the animated series now? I don't even no, know. No, no. Yeah, that's a prequel, though. It's going to be a prequel. But I, I felt like, you know, I wish that they had another one. It could have gone for another Gremlins 3. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could have definitely done at least one more. But I don't know why they didn't, I guess. It all depended on the reception. No. So if we all look at... I, I mean, I think for what it was is that... There was supposed to be, I, I mean, there should have been a Gremlins 3 because I would have loved there to be one. Yeah. Um, or, a, or at least a series back then in the 90s. Or an animated series back then would have made a lot more sense. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, because of the box office, uh, the film did not perform as well. So therefore, it would not generate... Another sequel. However, because of the success for things of a cult following, Gremlins is going to be re revitalized again. 
in the new HBO Max and Cartoon Network animated series, Gremlins, The Secrets of the Mogwai. Hmm. Now, it's a, it was supposed to come out this year, but I think it's been pushed back to 2022, early 2022. Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> I mean, not much has been coming out of it as well, but... Um, For what I know, it's that the series is going to focus on the native of of a 10-year-old Sam Wing, of the Mr. Wing that we all know. Um, And the young Mogwai, who we know as Gizmo, but it's known as Mogwai. So, as far as for what we know is that this is going to be... It's going to be a prequel series of how Gizmo comes uh, into the line for... Of Sam Wing. Yeah. And we're going to know all the secrets about the Mogwai and what's good and how how they come. Because we know like there's only one, there's been one good Mogwai and that's Gizmo and the rest are kind of evil. Hmm. And we're going to, I, we're going to figure out in this series why. So all of our answers to this in yeah. Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai are going to be answered. But why did it take them almost 40 years to... I mean, I know, okay, so basically, well, 31 years, but still, that's a very long time for for them to come up with this, you know. I, I, I mean, I'm not complaining. I just wish it happened sooner. That's all. There's been, a, you know, a big uh, fan base that has been generated. And one way you can definitely know that the fan base is generated is with the fans and... Toys and merchandise comes out. The licensing agreement is out there with like Funko and NECA, and NECA does some great work. Oh my god, some of the best. Um, next to Todd McFarlane, uh, NECA is probably the best toy company out there right now. So, and I've seen like they have the ultimate stripe, the ultimate gizmo, they even have the gizmo dolls out there again. Hmm. Um, I love it. I have some of the that Gremlins merchandise. Some of them have been a con, have been um, Comic Con ex- convention exclusives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great, and mm. I wouldn't mind having a Gizmo doll, like an act, like a life size one. Put get that and Baby Yoda, and then have them like hang out. <laughs> Just Actually, um, Trick or Treat Studios sells things like that, like um, Gizmo dolls and also Stripe dolls. Like nice. life-size gremlins as well. I'm That's sorry, great. I don't know if I can do a life-size gremlin stripe oh. or mohawk right oh, now. Oh, man. Uh, that'd be yeah, about like that big. That's <laughs> like what, two feet? That's crazy. Yeah, about two feet. <laughs> so it's like the actual sizes that they were in the movies. <laughs> I think I may have to invest in some of that, <laughs> some of those toys. <laughs> but we see so for how it is, is that gremlins is always... Um, is still a fan favorite. It has still gathered a cult following. I love those movies. And I just... If there is a Gremlins 3, I would love there to be a Gremlins 3. Hmm. I have an idea of what a Gremlins 3 would be. So let's face it. After this, we know that Billy... After Gremlins 2, Billy becomes the master of Gizmo. Mm -hmm. But come on, you know, that Billy has some sort of life... So if they want to go on vacation or something, you have to think of these things too. I don't know how long Gizmo lives for. I would have to say pretty long. 
be cool to see Gizmo's like kids. Like he has a family. He's got a small house. There's no way he can have a family. There's no way That's he can a, have kids. Uh, well, he'll have to meet up with the uh, the girl gremlin, and uh, you know, a girl Mogwai. I don't. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll tell you. Actually, uh, director Joe Dante sort of did Gremlins three with uh, a little film from 1998 called Small Soldiers, which was essentially the same plot. Um, small town gets overrun by mischievous creatures, uh, these robotic toys instead of gremlins. But it was basically the first Gremlins movie, you know, packaged a different way. Um, you know. I have another, I mean, I have an idea. Yeah. Gremlins 3, Gremlins in Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> gremlins in Hawaii. Gremlins in Hawaii, where Billy takes... Um, his family Giz- and his family and Gizmo to Hawaii. <laughs> Somehow, Billy gets wet. Uh, Gizmo gets wet in Hawaii, and all havoc starts out in Hawaii. You know, I would definitely watch that. That sounds good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, <laughs> we could probably also mention the uh, Mountain Dew commercial with um with Gizmo. Yes, that has also been that was all, which I know. Um, Billy definitely broke the sacred rule. Don't get Gizmo wet by drinking Mountain <laughs> Dew. That's still getting wet. You can't. The Mogwais can't drink anything. Yeah. <laughs> How could he break yeah. that rule? He knew. Why did he do it anyway? He's, he's <laughs> yeah. getting old, you know. When you get old, you have those senior moments. That, yeah. what, I, I guess something. in a way, that commercial could be like a mini um, Gremlins three. <laughs> I guess since I we have um, Zach Galligan reprising his role. Kind of like the uh, there was a commercial a couple of years ago with the actor from E.T. and uh, Henry Thomas. Yeah, thank you, Henry Thomas, and they CGI'd E.T. in that, and I forget it was a Super Bowl commercial. I for, do you remember the product they were selling, Thomas? It was mm-hmm. like, was it a battery commercial? I don't even know. But um, yeah, I don't. But it was it was cool, you know, forty years later seeing you know the cast from E.T. In that commercial, but same thing. If they were to do a third movie, it would be pure nostalgic. You know, it would be from a, a young filmmaker who grew up around the time the movie came out, and he would just want to kind of recapture that movie magic. So I hope it happens. And to this, we have to, I will have to say to this we pu- we salute to a toast <clears throat> to the Gremlins franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, always will be respected. I love it, and we will continue watching this films. Can't wait for Gremlins: Secrets of the Mogwai. We hope this revitalizes the franchise, so we can have another film. Yes, here, here. Two Gremlins. <laughs> to Gremlins. To Gremlins. And don't forget, also for with this, um, Alamo Draft House has also um, put out. Like this nice little gremlin sweater that. Oh shoot! I didn't wear it tonight. You did not. Oh <laughs> damn it! <laughs> well, there's times for everything, but it's a nice little hot, nice little ugly sweater. It ain't sw- it ain't sweater season yet, so. Right, right. Like I would be boiling right now if I wore that. But so let's not even. <laughs> it ain't sweater season yet, so you're you're off the hook. Okay, on that good. <laughs> But that's but coming up now for this, uh, for one more thing. This is Horror Month, and we talk about for things for Halloween that's going to be coming up. 
Randy, I know that you're going to be marching in the New York City Halloween Parade with the New York City Ghostbusters this year. Yes. Unfortunately, with my plans, I will not. But I wish the New York City Ghostbusters well mm. and keep on going with keep on. Go- it's great that the Halloween Parade is back. And also, um, Horror Month is going to return mm. um, next week with an- with another episode. Uh, Randy, um, you're going to be ho- um, this is we're going to be doing Horror Month differently. <clears throat> I have host. Uh, I have decided to give the hosting duties their own topic to take the lead uh, to Thomas and Randy, and hopefully Kim uh, Kim Smith will be back. On- Kim Schwartz will be back on us uh, with us soon, and hopefully. We'll give our topic, but Randy, what will you, um, you'll be hosting next week and you have your great topic with us? Actually, to be honest, I don't have a topic yet, <laughs> but uh, I didn't really give it much thought, but there is a lot on my mind, uh, so this will be part of Horror Month, correct? Part of Nostalgia Time Horror Month. All right, um, I'm thinking maybe something either John Landis or John Carpenter related since those are both two of my favorite horror directors. So maybe an episode dedicated to one of those filmmakers. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot to, that can be covered. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a little speechless and I apologize for that. <laughs> That's okay. And we also, Thomas Puglisi, um, you have for um, your topic geared up for us uh, coming on Horror Month. What is that topic going to be? My topic will be the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Mm. It's one of my favorite series of all time. It was the creation of one of the best horror characters of all time, Freddy Krueger. Nice. Created by um, the late, great Wes Craven, who is one of my heroes and who I miss very much. Yeah, he was a legend uh, from the, the Hills Have Eyes to... Hills uh, Have Eyes. Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Scream. Um, Scream, yeah. You know, even to his lesser alone movies like People Under the Stairs. Stairs, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even made um, the original Swamp Thing. All right. Great, great. We're, gonna, we're going to love that. I'm, I look forward to that. And also coming within November, we are going to be celebrating um, the Disney and Universal theme parks. So that's going to be mm-hmm. um, great episodes that I can't wait to talk for. Um, that might be split. Um, that might be split into uh, four episodes because it might be part one and part two. Because right. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of things to talk about in those I definitely episodes. have some nostalgic moments from uh, Universal Studios Orlando, Florida. Oh yes, so and, so do I. And Hollywood, and Hollywood. <laughs> so it's going to be great times on heart, on nostalgia time. So we continue to watch it, and don't forget to watch uh, this week. Unger the Radar um, on 11 a.m. on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. Yes. And you can find those also uh, online. <laughs> yeah. Um. And also on, Spectr- on Spectrum and RCN yeah. and, Ver- and Verizon Fios. Um, actually, so guys, if you want to check out new episodes of Unger the Radar... You can just go to um, Manhattan Neighborhood Network uh, and basically go to their website and you can check out the Lifestyle Channel 2, which is um, where you can watch my show. Also, you can watch on cable TV channels, Fios 34, RCN 83, 
and Spectrum 56 and 1996. And also be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Unger the Radar. You heard it from the host of Unger the Radar. Thank you and coming from you live from the headquarters of Unger the Radar. I am Kid Champagne Matthew Haberman and Kid Champagne signing off. <laughs>